0: what's going on everybody happy sunday to you welcome to bragging rights i'm going to blue dude and as always my co-host keo the man what's going on bud what's going on man um
1: looking forward to to um today's
0: show man (laughs) dude i'm super hyped i i'm jacked up ready to get this underway uh the first topic. Might be a little out of left field, but really it's very relevant right now. And it's gonna be super relevant come college football, the college football season. Fan aggression. We're seeing it in the NBA. I think we're gonna see it in college football. And I, I know this is not a new thing. I know this, but here's the thing: whenever people don't realize this. Hold on, let me let me preface this. People don't realize this, but sports is an emotional connection okay when you keep people away from that outlet away from that emotional connection for over a year and then you're going to fill a stadium to capacity stuff like this is going to happen so my thing is the NCAA needs to be paying attention to the NBA right now because we're seeing fans spit throw popcorn drinks all that stuff it's nothing new, but it's a lot in a short amount of time, and they need to put rules in place right now. Hey, if you do this, this is what happens. The NCA doesn't have uh, anything like that. I, I don't know. Stadium to stadium might be different. I don't know, but there needs to be a uniform uh, rule. At you know, if you throw something uh, on a player, spit in their direction, whatever, you will be prosecuted. And depending on what you use or whatever, you know, you could get three years, five years, ten years in prison. You know, it needs to be something to where people don't want to do this uh, crap again. Unbelievable. You think the NCA should have rules like that in place?
1: Uh, yeah, man. I think I think that's a that's a great idea, especially what's going on right now. In the, NBA, um, in the NBA playoffs right now, I think that's a great idea. That's something they should do. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, when it comes, it, like when it, when it comes to college football, watching it as much as I have, like I've never seen any like major issues like that, like throughout the years, as far as fans goes, when it comes to college football, I think, um, college football fans they're probably one of the most passionate fans out of all of sports that's one of the reasons why i like college football and i love it so much but um um i i i think that you know they're 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 you know they're paying attention to what's going on and i'm pretty i'm pretty sure they're gonna put their the proper security measures when it comes to it and not just college football nfl needs to look into some this too also so because that's the sports that that's the two sports that's got, that's going to be coming up later on um, down the road.
0: Yes, absolutely, and and the thing is, like what I was saying before, you know, all these fans have not seen a football game in over a year, and me, I don't get to go to that many football games. I'll go to one or two a year, but there's some people that have season tickets. Uh, Some people that go to as many as they can, maybe they're not uh, season ticket holders, and they didn't see a single college football game last year. And like you said, passionate fans. These are passionate fans. So, I mean, just do the law of averages, the math. uh, Out of, you know, we'll say 60,000 to 100,000 people, there's going to be at least two or three nut jobs out there That's super pissed that they were taken away from college football and didn't get to see it in person for over a year. And, you know, might go as far as having an actual plan of trying to get away with one of these stupid acts. And that's why, you know, the NCAA needs to have firm rules. Hey, if you do this, this will happen. No questions asked. You will get prosecuted and you might go to prison depending on, you know, how bad the offense is. So they need to be paying attention because it's going to happen. Uh, that's, That's just way too many people that have been withheld from watching their favorite sport for there not to be a few people that can go off the deep end. I mean, it's do the math. There's way too many people for it to not happen. And we saw it in the NBA, and I know they have, you know, they have passionate fans, but college football, it's on a whole different level, so they need to be watching this and figuring it out right now before the problem happens. You don't wait till the problem happens and then be like, "Oh well, well what do we do?" Uh, never seen something like this before. Well, yeah, you, you kind of had a preview that, that it could happen, and you did nothing. So now's the time to get this thing locked down. End of story. They have no excuse. But the problem is, the NCA has proved over and over again. They are incompetent, and the best example of that was last year for COVID. What happened? Oh, we don't know what to do. We'll leave it up to the conferences. What happened? Uh, the ACC, they had 11 games. Uh, the Big 12, they had 10 games. SEC had eight games. Uh, the Big 10 ended up having, I think, eight games. The Pac-12 ended up six games. It was, it was utter chaos because there was no u- uniformity, and the NCAA is a freaking joke. That's why uh, something needs to be done about the NCAA altogether. Maybe this could be an eye-opener. I don't know. Something needs to be done, though, before something bad happens. Seriously. Uh, All right. Let's move out of the chaos and on to the subject that I'm really looking forward to. And we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this one. Our top five returning quarterbacks not you know Bryce Young I know they're saying he's doing great Alabama but I'm not I'm not going to rank a quarterback based on one spring game I'm going by you know at least one year they've played at least one year I think that was my criteria in my head you might be something different that's fine no problem but that's my criteria Were you able to narrow it down to
1: five? I had issues that that I I, it it was difficult for me, but I I I got I pretty much got my five. Um, so coming up number five for me last season, he didn't play you know, the he I think he only played 10 games. Um, or was it nine? I'm not sure, but um, I'm going with Dylan Gabriel. Um, oh um i think that um the system that at central florida uh, i like what they have over there and um i think he dylan gabriel he gets taken for granted at, at the type of quarterback he is um i think um he they got a you they can got a very the exce- point of state. yeah they got I have a, to ask you you think he'll do good at Florida state? Um, yeah, I think he will, man. You know, this is a, uh, you know, a high profile, um, university. I think he'll help the the university out also because Florida state, they just been atrocious throughout the years. I want to see Florida state back to its dominant prominence. And I think, um, and I think they could do that, man. Um, UCF they had they had a very decent passing attack but I think uh, I think he got some weapons there down in Florida State though man and um I think he'll he'll get the spotlight the recognition and the attention that he deserves they do have a tough schedule in the ACC but um I, I think I think he's gonna be very solid this year so I got him at number five um, no that,
0: dude that's a that's a solid five I'll give you that
1: um <laughs> number four for me, man. Um, and these are return number four for me, and these are returning quarterbacks. So I don't want anybody to jump to conclusions. Oh, you don't have Bryce Young there, you know. Uh no. Yeah. Um, so number four for me, I'm going with Ole Mrs. quarterback, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Matt Coral, dude. Um uh, he, um, he threw for over 3000, um, um, a dual threat quarterback had uh, over 500, uh, yards rushing. Um, he did have 14 interceptions, something that I did not like Lane Kiffins over there. I think he's definitely going to help Coral out Coral gets another year under Lane Kiffin. I, I think he gets a huge boost on that, um, and I think the game that got a lot of people's attention, it was the game that they lost in, which he put on a great show, man, um, against Alabama. Um, he threw for over 300 yards, 21, 28 passing against Alabama. Come on, man. I think uh, – and he continued that trend. So I got him at number four. Coming at number three, man, this team was disappointing last season. And I'm talking about the Miami Hurricanes, um, the, um, the Eric King's back. Um, and um, I think another year in Miami, getting used to the system, um, I think that's definitely going to um, make a difference for him. So um, I got the Eric King at number three. Okay, so... Um, Coming at number two for me, I am going with, I mentioned his name to you. I'm going with Sam Howell, man. Sam Howell, um, huge numbers last season, only seven interceptions. I think he threw somewhere close around 30 touchdowns. Um, How he's uh, a, a lot of NFL scouts like him right now. And, um. He got some huge targets, man. Guys like Daz Newsome. Uh, he got Brown over there. Um, and he also got Javante Williams, the uh, NFL running back, and Michael Carter also, man. Um, um, so um, I think um, I think that could make a huge difference. And um, this team is loaded, very talented. Thanks to Mac Brown. Shout out to Mac Brown. Um I think they took some huge losses last season, but I think uh, Sam Howe, I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks out there. I think he could win Heisman, but it's going to be tough, man. Coming out that that ACC, man, you got some powerhouses like Clemson over there. So, but I think Matt Howe, okay. He's going to put up some huge numbers, even though they may not get the team success that they want to. So, I could definitely got him at number two, coming at number one i'm going with some people may call it quarterback you i'm going with spencer rattler man um not the season that teams were we thought we would get from an oklahoma team you know they generated some top i i wouldn't say i i I think they were all heisman finals i think two of them won the heisman we talk about kyler murray and these from the past three years man kyler murray baker mayfield jalen hurts um um oklahoma man lincoln riley definitely know what he's doing down there down in ou um and they got spencer rattler back for a second year i think he's gonna go crazy this year man. uh um, I think um he had a huge challenge last season, but I think the Sooners uh they um they won eight straight games last year and um and um they won the Big 12. They got they got um they uh destroyed Florida in the cotton bowl. I think uh Rattler, he's the front runner to win the Heisman, and um yeah. I think it's going to be between him and uh, possibly Sam Howell for the number one overall pick if he decides to go pro. So um, those are my top five quarterbacks. And I want to give an honorable mention really quick All right. before you go. Um, let me see. Let me see. Give me a second. Okay. Honorable mention. You know where I'm going with this. You're critical about this team. We talked about this team uh last week I think. And I'm going to say JT Daniels gets my honorable mention. He only played yeah. four games last year, but I think he got the weapons around him that he that he had that that set up for him to have success in the passing game and I think he's going to be more very more aggressive and pass the ball more kirby smart i think he he gotta let him loose man he gotta let he he gotta let him loose let him show his arm show what type of quarterback that he can be and um and um i i'm a i'm a huge jt daniels fan because obviously he originally was playing at usc then he ended up transferring so i'll i'll definitely be rooting for him but i expect him to have a huge year man so um um i'm looking forward to this guy uh so uh, honorable mention goes to jt daniels
0: i like your list very interesting and uh i don't want to give it away too much but there was one guy on your list that we were exactly the same on exactly but we'll get to that in a minute uh i'm going to do my honorable mentions first and then uh we'll count down i have a few so bear with me real quick um First one, JT Daniels. Um, I don't think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks per se, but I do think the weapons around him will allow him to have a great season. So even though he might not be one of the elite of the elites, he's going to have big numbers because Georgia is going to have a great offense and I fully expect Georgia to make the playoffs. So he's definitely an honorable mention. Uh, The next honorable mention, Matt Corral. You mentioned him. And the only reason I didn't put him in my top five, those interceptions. You have to cut down on those interceptions to make my top five. 14 is way too much. But I think he can do that. And if he does, he will definitely climb up in my rankings. Uh, Next, there's a few of these, so bear with me. Brendan Miles, the quarterback for LSU. He was shown a lot of stride uh, last year uh, for LSU. I know they went five and five. I think LSU bounces back big time, and Brennan Miles might be a dark horse Heisman contender. We'll see. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention this guy, Keaton Slovis, uh, the quarterback for USC. Kind of inconsistent, but if you look at his numbers, 67%, almost 2,000 yards in just six games, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's not bad. He was... Is on the cusp. Of, people are forgetting about this guy because he didn't even play last year. But the last time he did play, he had some good numbers 236 for 339, 69.6%, 2,727 yards, 18 touchdowns, just to five interceptions. And he'll be playing for Notre Dame. Keep your eyes on Jack Cohn, I'm telling you. And then last but not least, for my honorable mentions, Levi Lewis the quarterback for Louisiana. This guy is a human highlight reel. Um, 177 for 297. Under 60% by hair, so that kept him off the list. But 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions, so he don't throw a ton of interceptions. Dual threat quarterback, 6.1 yards of carry. That's a weapon. All right, now let's get into the actual countdown. Number five, Brock Purdy, the quarterback for Iowa State. And this is in spite of last year. Last year, he didn't have a bad year, but I think he can do better than what he did last year. He had sort of a down year, but still some good numbers: sixty-six point six percent over twenty-seven hundred yards, uh, nineteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's a that's a tad high. Cut back on that. But also averaged four point four yards of carry. Dual threat quarterback. Look out for Brock Purdy. I expect him to have a much better season this year. Number four, back to the Pac-12. Jaden Daniels the quarterback for Arizona State. This dude is legit. He only played four games last year, but he averaged 6.8 yards a carry running the ball. His accuracy needs to get a little bit better, just a little bit. He's a a hair under 60%. If he can clean that up, this dude will be freaking unstoppable. I like it, and I like Arizona State to win the Pac-12 South. Watch out for the Sun Devils. Number three, this is where we agreed, the Eric King out of Miami. Keo, um, he, oh, he actually had a pretty good season last year, man. 211 for 329, 64.1%, over 2,600 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, only five interceptions. And, oh, yeah, he averaged 4.1 yards a carry. Now, that's the thing that was a little lower than what it was at Houston. But the offense at Miami is a little different at then uh, Houston. That injury uh, really has me concerned about his running ability. So we'll see about that. But overall, dude is an NFL quarterback playing college football. Number two, this one might blindside you, bud. I'm telling you, Malik Willis. Remember this name, Malik Willis, the quarterback for Liberty. Over 64% throwing. Uh, 2,250 yards, 20 touchdowns, just six interceptions. And, oh, yeah, he averaged 6.7 yards a carry whenever he was running the ball. This dude is at the wrong university. How did he end up at Liberty? Hugh Freeze knows what he's looking for. He knows how to pick him up. This guy was a castoff from Auburn. And what has Hugh Freeze done? He has turned him into a superstar. And that's why I have him at number two um i kind of bent the rules on this dude kind of bent the rules at number one i actually have a 1a and a 1b so oh, wow yeah, really kind of come on, on man yeah i had dude I, <laughs> cheater cheater this, this is razor thin man razor <laughs> thin. uh 1b is going to be sam how quarterback back out of north carolina 68.1 passing over 3500 yards passing 30 touchdowns and just seven interceptions. Now, he did lose a couple of targets, Dimey, uh, Dimey Brown, uh, but they recruit well, and he gets uh, Dimey's younger brother, Caffrey, so I think he'll be fine. Uh, Sam Howell, man, this dude could win the Heisman. I'm being serious. He, he's got a cannon for an arm, and I think North Carolina's schedule is is very doable. Very. Uh, I think they can get through it with one – Maybe undefeated. You never know. They get to Clemson, get beat by Clemson, only one loss. That's still a good season. We might be talking about North Carolina at the end of the season, possibly getting to the playoffs. We'll see. One A though. One A. Spencer Rattler, quarterback for Oklahoma. That he got off to a very he got off to a slow start last year. He did. He did. But after the Kansas State and Iowa State game, the dude went off. I mean, he went He went eight, man. Uh, 67.5%, uh, over 3,000 yards, uh, passing, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, I, I was a little surprised to see that he only averaged two yards of carry because he is a, a dual threat. But I think that will actually come up. The offense isn't necessarily designed for him to run, but I think we're going to see uh, – I think we'll see that shift just a little bit because I think Lincoln Riley – Wants to hit people blindsided with that uh, dual threat side of uh Spencer Rattler, so I think we'll see Spencer uh, Rushmore. I think so. What do you think about my list?
1: Um, I like I like the list, man. Uh, uh, you know, we had a few disagreements. Um, but uh I think it was it, it was a you know a solid list. Um, uh, I think one guy that I that I totally left off the list that I do regret putting on the list. Like if I had to take them, if I had to put them, if I had to, um, if I had to replace somebody, it would be Dell and Gabriel, but I would put Brock Purdy in my top five.
0: Yep. He's going to be legit this year, man. Seriously. Uh, so yeah, that's our uh, top five. We slightly disagreed, but that's, you know, that's what makes a great show. You, if we agreed all the time, it would be boring. So I just, I'm glad we disagree. Since
1: since you since you wanna bend the rules, I wanna add one more guy in.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. okay, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide.
1: Okay, he's not in my top five, but I like him. At just from what I saw last season, they didn't play much. But um, Desmond Ritter, man, I think um yep. he's been there for quite some time. You know, I like you, I you know, he could getting better passing the ball. We know he could run really well. Um, and Ritter has you know led the, this team to three straight double three straight double digit win seasons, man. And uh they nearly pulled the upset against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. So um yeah, and then, the away. then last year, man, I was so high on Cincinnati. I honestly thought they were gonna make it to the playoffs, man. Like they were beating teams convincingly, had style points, doing what they were supposed to do. I was on Cincinnati, like under when the college season started. Like uh, True X and Justin laughed at me, man, because I was like, dude, I like Cincinnati potentially in the playoffs because during that yeah. time. We didn't know if what Ohio state was going to be in there and they got lucky. They were able to qualify to make it to the playoffs. Uh, they made uh, the rules
0: for Ohio state.
1: Yeah, man. So um, I, I, I thought they had a really good chance, man, but, uh, and I expect more from this team this season and especially from Ritter, man. So just watch out for them. But I just could yeah. not put them in my top five. He didn't make the cut. Those five guys that I had were just a little bit better going into Yeah, I
0: think you made the right decision. He's a good quarterback, but I think you made the right decision. Uh, Speaking of the playoffs, that's a good segue into the next segment. And I specifically came up with this segment with you in mind because I know you're a West Coast guy. Is this the year that the Pac-12 – ends their playoff drought. What needs Man. to happen for that to be snapped?
1: Man, I don't see anybody from the Pac-12 make it to the playoffs. Um, you know, they... Um, for, okay, the first team I'm going to start off with with is, um, is Oregon. Um, I think Oregon, uh, Cristobal, you know, he's always been, you know... He's been doing this thing as a coach, but they got an early test road trip this season against Ohio State. And one thing I've always told you is, and anybody, when it comes to your college football teams, it's always good to to lose in the beginning of the season compared to late in the season. Because if you lose early in the season, it's easy to jump back up in the rankings but um, I just think they have a tough test. You know, they got uh, um, they got some matchups against you, you know, UCLA, uh, Stanford, Utah, Washington, which are all on the road. Uh, so um, so I, I I don't know, man. I just don't I just don't like their chances, especially you know, um, with these power power five conferences with teams that I think that could have a better chance to make it. I just think based off of the strength of schedule, uh, they wouldn't pick um, they wouldn't pick um, uh, Oregon even if Oregon even if Oregon runs the table after losing to Ohio State. Um, another team that people think that could possibly make it to the playoffs and that's um, Washington man. Washington um, led by uh, coach Lake, uh, he was a first-year coach. Guided to, them to the Pac-12 title, North title. Um, um, they got Oregon State. Um, no, no, wait, wait. They got okay. They got Oregon and Arizona State coming to Seattle, man. Uh, they have no crossover matchup against Utah or USC, which is actually good for them. And um, they, they have a favorable favorable path to the division i like what i see i like the chances but i i just don't know man washington is those type of teams they just disappoint you every single year um i think um i think dylan morris man i just i I just want to see how much he has improved and how much he has developed um they got the those big play weapons outside um I, i just don't i'm just not sure if they could get the job done man so um um that's a no for me when it comes to Washington and the last team that the last team that you know that people are saying that could that may have a chance is USC um USC Clay Hilton he I I'm surprised he still has his job man uh UFC man they have a road test in Notre Dame in October uh they're not going to be playing against oregon or washington um but they do have some uh crossover play with when utah visits the coliseum for a divisional game so um i like i like what i see from usc i think if if there's any team that has a chance i think it is usc i think usc has the best shot out of those teams that i mentioned but if you're asking me right now that's a no for me right now if any Pac 12 team makes it to the playoffs.
0: That that's fair. If if I would if I could put a number on it as far as percentage on a Pac-12 team making the playoffs this year, I I would probably put it between 15 and 20%. And that's highballing it. Here, here's the problem with the Pac-12. There's no one dominant team. If you look at the SEC. They have Alabama. And sure, every once in a while, like 2019, Alabama wasn't, you know, the dominant team. But then there was another team that replaced them, LSU, for that year. Uh, In the Big Ten, there's Ohio State. I think Ohio State will have a down year. But I think Wisconsin could take their place. Uh, In the ACC, we all know it's Clemson, easy. And then in the Big 12, it's pretty much Oklahoma, even though Iowa State's in the mix. So one of the one of the biggest things that the, that the Pac-12 needs to do is a dominant team needs to em, emerge. I don't care who it is. If it's Washington, do it. If it's Oregon, do it. USC, do it. The problem is there hasn't been a team that could separate themselves from the rest of the pac so, everybody gets all jumbled in, you know, with one another, and they end up with two losses because everybody beats up on one another. And and, and, uh,
1: and, they, and, and I just give, give up on them, man. I love me some Pac-12 football. You know, I enjoy it, yeah. but I just give up because every single year this always happens. A team just jumps on top. Next thing you know, they'll just lose to a team that you least expect, and it just – Kills it sucks the life out of you, man. So it's
0: like the thing that the thing that I'm dude, the thing that that I'm baffled by. I mean, baff. Why are people so high on Oregon that their their quarterback situation isn't isn't even figured out? Last year they went four and three. Oh, they won the Pac-12 North. No, they actually didn't. They got in the Pac-12 Championship by default, and of course USC. Undefeated, but guess what? When it came down to crunch time, a uh, uh, Oregon, a terrible Oregon team, beat you. And that's a prime example of what goes on in the Pac-12. You got Oregon didn't even belong in the Pac-12 championship, but Washington couldn't make it because of COVID. They get in, and they beat USC. So that's the things that have to stop in the Pac-12. They themselves a... in the foot.
1: It was just a complete mess in the Pac 12 last year, man. You had um yeah. you, you especially with um COVID, and then they were the one that were they started late also. So
0: Yep, six games. But the thing is, uh, you know, they met the rules for Ohio State, so that, that makes me want to believe, and I think USC was ranked high enough to where if some things happened. If they would have won that Pac-12 championship, um, I think USC had a, had a chance, especially over Notre Dame. I really I really think they would have had a shot, but at the last second, they dropped the ball, and that's what has to stop. As far as teams, that if the Pac-12 were to make it this year, Oregon, no. That is a firm no for me. Oregon is not going to be very good. They'll make a ball, uh, nine wins is their ceiling. I think nine wins is Oregon ceiling, but Oregon is a firm no as far as, you know, if the Pac-12 makes it. Uh, Arizona State, not a firm no, but fairly confident no. Same goes for USC, though. Their coaching, Clay Helton is not a very good coach. I mean, he's not a bad coach, but he's not an elite coach. And Keaton Slovis is way too up and down. So I think what could happen in the South, I think Arizona State could end up winning the South with two losses. So to me, the load falls on Washington. They have the talent. Uh, Their coach is up and coming. Uh, Not a lot of people know about him, but he's up and coming. He did fine last year. Their schedule is favorable. So if anybody's going to do it in the Pac-12 if I had to put money on it and, and somebody said the Pac-12 will make it, who's it gonna be going blue to be going blue, dude? I would say Washington uh, because of all those things. But as far as confidence of them actually doing it, not very high at all. Not at all. Let's talk about some wrestling, man. That, that I, go, I'm excited baby. for that. I, dude, dude, I'm excited for so, that. So
1: um, this past weekend – we had um AEW pay per view event, double or nothing. Double or nothing. It was it, it, it was a, a a spectacle, a movie. The crowd was jacked um in Jacksonville, um. So um, uh, let's give it a, its rating, man. Um, so uh, from rating from one to ten, what would you give that event?
0: Okay, so on sheer uh you know match to match how the card was set up off the top i would give it a seven and a half maybe an eight but because of that bit with urban meyer and chris jericho that bumps it up to a nine i I give it nine stars out of ten i think dude i think the owner for aew is a freaking genius this dude actually knows how to do business That's the big mistake that Impact and TNA did whenever they tried to, you know, take on WWE. Uh, They just, they didn't know how to put on a show. They had the talent. I mean, they had, you know, a lot of former WWE uh, WWE stars, Sting from the WCW, you know, a lot of great talent. They just didn't know how to put on a show. AEW knows how to put on a show, man. I mean, they are, I think they're actually better, than the WWE as far as in respect to uh, entertaining the whole show. I think WWE has some better matches, per se, but I think from start to finish, they do have some, eh, that wasn't the greatest match. AEW, I'm serious. They don't have very many bad matches. They really don't.
1: Um. So as far as this event goes it was a really good event. I give it the 8.5. Um, I think double or nothing. Uh, the, the I think this was probably the best double or nothing event. Um, because um, it just, just what they had to go through, man. Uh, you know, you dealing with COVID, they, I think this was probably like the, the first event they had, uh, they get to perform with the live crowd um -hmm. and um and and it was packed there so i i i I give it them huge kudos on it. 8.5 um i thought the the um the women's match the champion the the match for the women's title that was that was a good event Uh, i think that was one of my favorite matches with uh, Britt baker and uh, kushida uh, sting, the tag team Sting match with uh, Darby Allen. That was a huge one. Cody Rhodes match. It was good. Uh, but the top one is the um uh, Stadium Stampede 2 uh, Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. That was huge, man. It, you, you had like, you know, they ha- had different angles. They didn't show like everybody fighting at the same time. I like how they split everything up you know it, it'll show Jericho and MJF it'll show um uh, uh um uh the the Dax Harwood um and dash um against um against uh um Santana um and uh what's his name um they would show that one also then they would show um warlord against um Oh, I forgot his name already, man. Um,
0: yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And then uh the, then the other one they would have um uh, Sammy Guevara um against uh Sean Spears. And I like it everything everything about that match was perfect, man. They had everything involved in there, especially Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong in there. Also, they even had Conan in there too. Conan was yeah. like a, a so-called pl- being played as the DJ, um, and wow. then I like how they let Sammy Sammy Guevara ended the match and let them get the spotlight on him. That was dope, though, man. They did that. I honestly thought they were gonna end it with Jericho, maybe pinning MJF, but uh, they, end yeah. up, um, they end up they end up having a Guevara, somebody that's trying to come up. And uh, they built him up, so that was dope, though that they did that.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of names in one matchup, but it wasn't a mess. It was yeah. done. Uh, it was done nicely. It wasn't just a mess. They they actually had it planned out. I think they executed that one flawlessly. It looked really good. I I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, like a faction versus faction match to where they split them up, and it was more clean looking. Usually, it's like a battle royal type of situation so that was a nice uh, twist that they uh, put on that match and, and I really enjoyed it I hope they do more of those seriously um, what do you think about what do you think about aew trying to uh, step up their game and take on uh, the WWE on Friday could it be a could this be a stepping stone maybe back to uh, the Monday night the Monday Night Wars?
1: I hope so, man. Um, I, I do hope so. Um, I think AEW, they're playing their cars right. They're going in the right direction. You know, they're having Got more shows. Um, let, let's not, don't, I, I don't want anybody to get it twisted, though. So AEW Dynamite, they're moving to TBS on Fridays. Um, it, it's basically part of a deal that they, uh, a new deal that they have so the and their new there's going to be a new aew show it's going to be on tnt also so um so um really uh what night is
0: that supposed to be on
1: so that's gonna be on i think wednesdays wednesdays or tuesdays i'm not sure um so so uh, it'll be like
0: the replacement show
1: yeah yeah so uh i guess just part of a new deal and i guess they would uh I think though they they felt like they would get more viewership and views more audience tuning in on on TBS because uh you know uh, with TNT they got a uh, TNT you know they got uh you know the the uh the M the NBA basketball um other sporting yeah. events so it's gonna be hard for aew to compete with the likes of the NBA because the NBAs pretty much on top of their game when it comes to it on uh when it comes to when they air uh their uh, basketball games and they also have the ncaa tournament on tnt also so it's going to be tough so that's why they decided to move it to tbs um i i i like where they're going i I think you know i I think they kind of want to compete with smack friday night smackdowns because uh friday night smackdowns I guess it's more like their the, their top show, man, because it's, it's because of their deal with Fox. So Fox is trying to yeah. push this huge to a high level when it comes to Friday Night SmackDown, and um, AEW was like, "Hey, man, let's go, let's go, to, let's go Fridays, man. Let's let's see how we do against them because they are already they're already beating down uh, NXT, which airs on Wednesdays. So they it's like it's not even close. So they now they want to move to Fridays and see how they do. And I think it would be good for the wrestling fans also. You got you know the top shows like Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Dynamite, like you know, w- what show they're gonna view to. For me as a fan, I'm tuning to both shows. If if, if I'm that's feeling it. something, if I if, if if I like something that's happening in SmackDown Live, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the chance of that. But if it gets boring, oh, I'll switch it to AEW. And the same thing with AEW to SmackDown Live. So um, yeah. I think it's good for the fans and it's good for their company also. And I like the direction they're going. I don't think they're re- not yet ready for Monday Night Wars yet because, you know, they, they got a couple of things they, they got to fix and uh, address when it comes to AEW. But I, I think they're moving in the right direction. They're not just ready yet the wwe when it comes to monday night raw but i think they're getting there though i like the direction they're moving into
0: yeah yeah um the first thing the first thing this tells me is number one aew is making a lot of money so what's happening is um they're getting rewarded and now they're moving them over to friday So so I think this is uh, telling us a bigger story than what we're realizing. It's not just, you know, AEW is taking the next step and wants to take on the WWE on Friday night SmackDown, but the story of they're making a lot of money and they're getting rewarded with this contract uh, as far as moving to Fridays. So this gives me a lot of hope that we could see the Monday night wars because um, if, if AEW wasn't doing very well or or great, I, I don't think they would be rewarded like this if they weren't doing great. I think they're doing amazing. So they're being rewarded. I think this could be another step towards uh, the Monday Night Wars. But maybe the Monday Night Wars don't even need to come to pass. Maybe the Friday Night Wars could be even better, and it would dwarf the Monday Night Wars. I'm not – I mean <laughs> – that's yeah. a tall order because yeah. that was great back then yeah but exactly. I am glad to see this because the aew is having a lot of success and they're getting rewarded for that
1: yeah you make a great point man
0: so uh now shall we talk about the WWE? i mean we've been talking about the aew i think we should uh talk about their competition the wwe the big dogs on the block i prefer yeah. aew but the wwe is is the giant here so we got to talk about them for for a you little know,
1: bit you know you know we do cover wrestling so we can't be biased so we got to cover everything
0: yep. <laughs>
1: that's it so um Okay, so WWE right now, what we have right now with when it comes to WWE, they got a huge event coming up, Hell in a Cell. Um, mm. I don't think it's gonna do good, man. They
0: botched last year. They botched it last yeah.
1: year. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna do good. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be better than AEW's Double or Nothing. Uh, because w- number one, they're still gonna. They still Under the Thunderdome agreement, where the fans are going to be virtual, so you're not going to have live fans. WWE has said that you know they're planning to go back on tour on July with the live crowds, but um, I don't think it's going to do good. Um, as far as um, this as far as the storylines go of what's going on right now, um, we still got um. We still got Roman Reigns in there. He, I, I, I just don't see no competition when it comes to Roman Reigns right now. Cause basically, yeah. I, I, don't know if you watched the movie Mortal Kombat. Like, you know how they make Sub Zero untouchable? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Don't okay. spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So right now, Roman Reigns, he's untouchable right, right, right now, man. Like they, they like they make him like he's he's unbeatable right now. And um, I just don't think that th- there's not a viable opponent out there where I could say, oh man, I think he has a chance to beat Roman reigns. you know, they put they have you know, storylines with Cesaro. They even had a storyline with his cousin. Um, I, um, I, I just uh, now they added Kofi Kingston in the mix. So I just um. don't I just don't see what what else did they have in store. So um I, I think they're still going with Cesaro as of right now. Um but um yeah that's what they have right now. So um and then uh you got uh Roman Reigns in the mix with uh you know there's friction between uh Jimmy Uso who who actually returned and then uh Jay Uso. I guess they're gonna be challenging for the tag team titles right now. Right now, the tag team um. Uh, Right now, the tag team champions is um is um Rey Mysterio and his son uh, Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Look at you shaking your head. <laughs> what? What are they doing? Uh, okay, and uh, you, okay? So going to RAW, you got Bobby Lashley, the current champion, right now. He's still the champion. Uh, right now they got uh, Drew Ma- Drew McIntyre in the picture for the title picture. <coughs> it looks like he um it looks like he'll be contending for the title once again. Um uh the I think the women's um the women's uh title, the you know, for raw, they have um Rhea Ripley, she's the new champion, and um it looks like they it looks like they they're they have a huge feud with charlotte and rio ripley right now that's going on oscar slightly in the mix right now um you know um and then they also have um i think this storyline's interesting with uh matt riddle and uh, randy orton where yeah. Matt Riddle's trying to be his partner. Then Randy Orton was like, "Nah, man, you you're you're a, you're a comedy right now, man." So I think that's interesting, also. Um, yeah. not 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 that many interesting storylines to be honest with you, man. Like, uh, you know, there's some solid matches there. I just want to see how how they would go about it. You know, they got Seth Rollins um in the Cesario mix also. So um. Not many interesting storylines that you know that that really intrigues me, but uh, you know they got some storylines though, man. <laughs> I it it it, it just does it just doesn't move me though the storylines that they have.
0: Yeah, dude, you're explaining the problem like that is the problem. It is the storylines. It is the storytelling. <laughs> um, that that's that's why I whenever I compared AEW to WWE um the wwe they still have good matches but there's no storylines i mean like okay so so with um uh who's the champion of smackdown Who, who'd you say i forgot
1: it's uh the world champion for oh, smackdown. Uh, roman reigns. yeah roman
0: reigns so roman reigns uh what what are they what are they doing with uh Brock Lesnar, right now. I mean, Brock Lesnar has
1: yet to make a return since he lost yeah, to Drew McIntyre so
0: at WrestleMania. Th- that would be the storyline that I would go that I would go with because I, I would be invested in that if, if they would build up something between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. But here's the thing: I think this is the problem with the WWE, and, and it goes for Raw too. You have, in my opinion, would be Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, right? And then on Raw, it would be what? Bobby Lashley, who who would be his? Oh, uh, Drew McIntyre, right? Yeah. But And they besides- got
1: Kofi, K- Kofi Kingston Lightweight in the picture. So, yeah. mon- so no. Monday, uh, uh, apparently, it's supposed to be Kofi and Drew McIntyre fighting, and the winner will fight Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell.
0: Kofi I don't know I just I think ah. he fits with new day great tag team United States but to me uh, there's no real true storyline with Kofi as far as uh, the heavyweight championship belt and that that's my point you have uh, you know Brock and Roman for Smackdown and then Bobby and drew for Monday Night Raw but outside of that there's no real storyline that that they can build for the heavyweight championship other than the fiend, but they're not doing anything with the fiend. So they do have good matches, but there is like, I have no connection to the WWE. Like I used to, I mean, I used to never miss an episode. If I miss 10 minutes of it back in the attitude era, Uh, ruthless aggression era if I missed 10 minutes of that show I was mad I would that ruined my week now I could care less like with AEW I'm not to that point yet I'm not to that point to where if I miss 10 minutes I'm mad but I try my best to tune in as much as possible I'm getting there with AEW with the WWE I'm like I don't know it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me anymore um I I just don't think they they have the star power they don't have the storyline power right now I I don't know what the problem is but they absolutely cannot build storylines and if by some miracle they are able to build a storyline once that's over with they they didn't have any backup plan they didn't have any continuance plan it's like once the story's done then it's like uh, we float in water for a little while and we'll see if something develops and then we'll go with that. that I, I don't even, that's the best way I can explain it. WWE, I don't have that much interest anymore. Mm-hmm. I love wrestling. I love to watch the matches, but as far as invested, I'm invested in AEW. I am not invested in WWE. I'm not Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm still invested in it. I I think, you know, they, they, they it, it's nothing major, but according to my sources when it, the first SmackDown live event comes on uh with the live crowd, uh, that first event, and I think I think this is the the counter what AEW is going to do is when they're moving to Fridays. So, according to what they're planning to do, is uh John Cena's going to be returning to SmackDown Live. That's um, good. and I think that's going to possibly start a feud between Cena and Roman Reigns. I'm not sure it's gonna. I'm not sure if, it, if, if they're gonna uh take that storyline to SummerSlam or they could possibly take it to WrestleMania. But, um, I think yeah. I think I think that could be really interesting though with Cena and Roman Reigns. Cause you know you got Cena, obviously a all time fan fan favorite, and you know the, and I, I and I just want to see how the live fans, uh, how, what what kind of treatment Roman Reigns gets though? Are they gonna cheer for him? Are they gonna boo him? I just want to see. Yeah. I,
0: you know what? You know what would be great, and I've seen, I've seen this kind of simulated on uh video games on YouTube. But whenever I watch it, I'm like, man, even though I'm watching a video game simulation, this looks great. If John Cena pulled a Hulk Hogan and created an NWO type of faction, like that would be legit. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it, but man, I think that's one thing that Cena's missing. Roman's trying to do it with the heel turn. But Cena has missed out on a big payday uh, and, and fan investment with the heel turn. Cena needs a heel turn. That's the one thing that his character has been missing. He, he wants to be, you know, fan favorite, kid friendly, and I get that. But, dude, you have to make changes sometimes. And I think if he, if he were to turn heel and, you know, did something like Hulk Hogan did, start his own faction, I, and I think – go in a different direction than what Hulk did. Hulk joined the nwo. My idea John Cena starts whatever faction it is and you know even though he would start off heel what happened with the nwo even though they started off as a heel faction they actually became a fan favorite. They actually became babyface. Now they ended up get, they ended up getting watered down uh LWO, uh, NWA Wolfpack, uh, you know, and it was all cool there for a while, but it just got watered down. So if they can stay away from doing that and keep it simple, keep it legit, keep it premier elite athletes only, none of these low hanging fruits inside the faction. I think that could be an idea that uh, people would latch onto and would, help cement john cena's legacy even further i think his legacy is is good i think it's uh you know good to go but i think that would cement it further and we would be talking about john cena like we do hulk hogan when he went to the nwo we do talk about cena but i think once cena's gone we won't remember him like we do Hulk and all these other uh, stars that turned heel and did their crazy things, Cena's only remembered when Cena is here. When Cena's gone, you don't really remember him because he's just always been a good guy. But if he were to do this idea, uh, turn heel, start his own faction, that's when his legacy will be cemented and he will be talked out. He he will be talked about for a long time even after he's done <laughs> with wrestling.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's that's, that's just
0: a, my take. I think you that.
1: That's a really good take on it, man. I didn't never really thought about it like that.
0: Because if you I mean, it's it's true when you think about it when when Cena comes when he comes back, yes, people talk about him. He is a fan favorite, but when Cena's gone, nobody really talks about him. And that's the way it's going to be. Uh, After he hangs up his boots, unless he does something like that, something he needs to do something memorable to cement his legacy. He's got, he's had great matches, but he hasn't done anything to where it's like, do you remember the time when John Cena, you know, other than that WrestleMania return, that was pretty epic, but that was just a moment that wasn't a movement or, you know, a long endearing thing. So Yeah, I think that's what needs to be done. And uh, on the last note, the WWE is flushing one of the best ideas I've ever seen in wrestling in The Fiend. They have no idea what to do with that character. They have no idea what to do with uh, Bray Wyatt. And they have no idea how to create any type of storyline. Last year, whenever The Fiend was on fire... What did they do? They freaking buried the character in a no disqualification match in Hell in the Cell and had them had the refs stop it because there was too much stuff on top of him. The dumbest ending I've seen in my life. That one uh, made everybody mad. So they need to figure it out because the feat the is cha-ching cha-ching waiting to happen. And they they've dropped the ball. What should they what do they need to do, Kio? Um
1: so 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 Bray Wyatt hasn't been on he hasn't been on uh WWE television since WrestleMania. So the WrestleMania it, it was really weird, man. The ending of it. Um like uh they had like this great entrance. All of a sudden they were fighting. Alexa Bliss ends up um sitting on top and it seems like i guess she's bleeding on the top of the head then next thing you know um uh he loses the match he gets rka RKO by Roden. he's bleeding then bray white i guess it showed sign that he was weak to alexa bliss and um and then the 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 um the lights go dark and it both of them vanished so I just so I just
0: so they pulled they pulled a Delilah they they pulled a Delilah uh, angle like you know uh Delilah and Samson he she was his weakness so they're trying to that's oh my gosh I just I just I just, I just
1: think that when it when it came to the fiend like that was the one that, that was probably the best storyline that's what probably one of the reasons why I keep tuning into RAW because I want to see what the fiend does next. So, um, exactly. you know, I you I go. hope they do bring them back. Right now, they kind of have uh, and I like and I like what they're doing right now. I just hope they bring the fiend back. Right now, what they're doing is they having um Alexa Bliss take over that um. They have Alexa Bliss taking over that um, that that role of you know that demonic evil character, but they don't really have Alexa alexa bliss doing anything though man she just sits there and you know say a few words and that's it she don't go out and be attacking anybody or anything like that man um i just i I just i just um i that's one thing i don't like if they had alexa Bliss, bliss attacking somebody um then i was like okay i like where they're going but i just think they've been doing a really bad job the way they've been handling the fiend like I feel like, yes. and I feel like they be, I feel like they go, they're going in the right direction. Um, then they just go and screw it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you never. I don't, I don't even know, dude. If I had to rate the WWE right now out of five stars, I would give them two stars. I'm being serious. I, I don't know. It just it does not appeal to me. I'll tune in for the good matches because they do have good matches. I got to give them that. But the storylines are next to non-existent. And that's what wrestling is all about. The matches are supposed to be the climax of those storylines, or you know, the starting point of those storylines or the continuation of those storylines. It's not, you know, matches, end all, be all, nothing else. No, it's part of a storyline. And they just they seem to not be able to write stories now. I mean. That's what it comes down to, and hopefully, I'm hoping I'm hoping that um, with AEW moving to Friday, that that will light a fire up under WWE's rear end and figure out their creative process. Because this, uh, I'm I'm a huge wrestling fan, and this has got me super bummed right now. They're doing everything wrong right now. I don't. I know you're saying you say they're headed in the right direction and maybe they are but the execution is is piss poor man it's bad it's depressing that's what it is
1: hmm.
0: but AEW they've got me excited about wrestling uh, that's yeah. a show that's got me uh, enjoying wrestling WWE is more like uh, uh, let's see what's I'll see what's going on but for AEW it's like I want to see what's going on instead of just, you know, kind of there. But that's my take, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Uh, Cause there was some stuff in there that I didn't know. So I have to say, I appreciate you uh, updating me and keeping me up to date on all the storylines. I, I knew some of it, but I didn't know okay. all of it. And so, yeah, that was much appreciated. And I always appreciate you coming onto my show. Uh, yeah,
1: no doubt, man. By the
0: way, when's the next time? When's the next time is you all show
1: tomorrow night, man? MBS, let's talk about it. Me, true ex sports junkie. Well, uh, we'll be holding it down tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so y'all don't forget to check out that show. Uh, they do some great stuff, and don't forget that Golden Blue Dude also has a YouTube channel. Check it out whenever you get the chance. Golden Blue Dude on YouTube, but this is Bragging Rights every sunday appreciate y'all stopping by i'm gonna get off here uh this was a great show though this was a great show and keo i always always appreciate you coming on the show you are the man
1: (laughs) thank you all right with that being said man this is bragging rights and we'll see you guys next week